0: So last year I realized I have something in common with actress, comedian and singer Tracy Ellis Ross.
1: This is my buddy. You're hiding behind one of the leaves. My thriving fiddle-leaf fig. Yeah.
0: Tracy and I both have had fiddle-leaf fig plants in our homes. And we both talk to those plants. What's their name?
1: She doesn't have a name, but she is she has identified herself as female. The other day she dropped a giant leaf on my head and it did not look like that leaf was ready to drop off. I think she was just trying to get my attention.
0: (laughs) I talked with Tracy last year, just after the pandemic hit, and we were trying to figure out the weirdness of social distancing and quarantining at home. So during that time, Tracy leaned into her friendship with her plant. And she also told me that she was learning a lot about herself during isolation.
1: I can be okay with discomfort. And by the way, people saying that they have been bored during this pandemic, I'm like, who, where, and where do you find that thing called boredom? Because I don't know about you, but there's floors to mop. There's always something to do that has to get done. Um, You got time
0: to lean, you got time to clean.
1: Hey, there you go. I've never heard that, but I'm with it. I'm snapping Sam.
0: You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders, and this episode we're going to revisit a wide-ranging conversation that I had with Tracy Ellis Ross last summer. You know, I've been watching Tracy on screen for years, from the sketch comedy show The Lyricist Lounge Show to her sitcom Girlfriends.
1: Okay, I don't even know why I'm entertaining advice from you guys. <laughs> Same reason.
0: To ABC's Blackish.
1: Oh God! You should have just told him.
0: Her role on that show got her a Golden Globe and five Emmy nominations. Last year, Tracy also played the lead in the movie The High Note, a film in which she sings. On top of all of that, Tracy is also a businesswoman. She owns Pattern Beauty, a hair care company for curly hair. In this chat, we talked about Tracy's work and the purpose behind all of it. Plus, what it's like to be a black creative right now, still finding room for joy in spite of all the struggles of this year and last. All right. Enjoy. I, for one, thought I was used to the coronavirus normal. Mm. And then the protest happened. Mm. And I'm like, I'm glad this is happening. But literally, mm. it was down the street for me because I, I live downtown.
1: Me, me too. It was right yeah. in my hood. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. And then on top of it, I noticed what happened with the protest is that... Every interaction I've been having with my friends and family and loved ones over the last few weeks has been different, especially Mm. with my white friends and loved ones. Mm. It has changed Mm. the way in which I speak in the world. Have you felt Mm. like that added one more layer of not quite normal on top of the already not quite normal?
1: Yeah, and also changed the whole framing and perspective for, oh my God, this is why is this happening? This is the worst year ever, and maybe it's... um, and and in many ways, it is a really challenging and unprecedented time, but I also feel very conscious of the transformation that is at our feet and that by design, like all the work that has been done and is being done. I also think the pandemic has allowed a receptivity for what's happening right now in a different way, um, an ability for focus and attention so that there's no distraction on mm-hmm. the reality of what's here. And I know that in many ways, a lot of the brutality and violence that we have witnessed most recently is new for a lot of people, but it's also not new um, for the black community. So at first um, my thought was I was heartbroken, then filled with, you know, it was like a jump between heartbreak and rage. Um, And then I kind of moved into a state of anguish I felt. Mm. Like I just had no words, and you know social media is really interesting because it requires us to sort of perform our process in a yeah. way that has it can be fun, it can be wonderful, it can create community, I think particularly during social movements um it's added a really important layer and dynamic of communication, but it also is performative to a certain extent the pressure
0: to speak about everything all the time
1: before you've had time to process, and so mm-hmm. um there was like a full week. I was like, I can't find my feet. Like I didn't feel grounded. And I realized, of course I can't find my feet. The foundation is moving underneath us. Mm -hmm. And that is a good thing. But as you dismantle these structures and as these, this historic rage, oppression, anguish, brutality, like all of those things start to come, be released out of the, the foundation that we're in. They're also being released through our bodies And so finding ways to either be in movement because I felt stuck. I don't know about you. Just stuck.
0: Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You
1: know? So anyway, I could talk about this stuff forever.
0: No, I love it. Mm -hmm. I am so interested in how and what, what kind of work creatives like yourself make out of this moment. Mm -hmm. I am sure that the last three months of American life have inspired so many ideas for Mm -hmm. screenplays or pilots or (laughs) movies or something. in you just watching the world over the last few months, has it inspired you to make some kind of art out of this? And if so, what would that be? What would that look like, even through the channels you have now?
1: You know, it's interesting. The last few months has really just affirmed where my mission has been. It didn't sort of turn up the volume on it. I've, my mission, I feel, has always been around um, sharing the beauty, the joy, the power of black women. Okay. and supporting ownership of our own narratives and the expansion of our equity both mm-hmm. on a individual and personal level in how you mm-hmm. invest in yourself and have your own power in your own life and Inhabit your own skin with freedom and joy, whatever that means for you. And also um, how we do that collectively in the world, um, how we support each other in doing that. So this time, both COVID, the uprising that's occurring now, the protest that's occurring and the shift that is being pushed for and fought for only amplifies that urgency for me. Um, It doesn't change that the most fertile place for me has been through Pattern, through my hair company, in all honesty. I mean, I also, you know, there's, I have about five projects that I'm executive producing, all of which um, are through that mission. But particularly with Pattern, it's been so exciting because... The celebration uh, of a a beauty brand that's centered around blackness, that doesn't change. The urgency of that doesn't change. Being a black-owned business, um, the importance and the the clarity of vision of that doesn't change. Being an active space where we can see ourselves in all of our humanity doesn't change. And and like black
0: hair care does not sleep just because of a pandemic or a protest. No, it does not. You got to do
1: your hair. (laughs) And by the way, um, it's one of the ways we get to honor ourselves. It's one of the ways we get to love ourselves. It's one of the ways that we have created through history rituals. I mean, black women and hair have been at the center of movements and economic shifts and elections and political change and all of that. And so it has traveled through um, all of those spaces with great urgency, I think.
0: Yeah, And it's beautiful to watch. Like I was watching the video yesterday of you and your mother Mm. going to a store, looking at the pattern stuff laid out, you're doing a happy dance, and then I see you pick out something of your own line to buy as your mother looks on. And it's like, that is a power. That is
1: great. It's like mind-boggling.
0: You know, two generations of black women owning their hair and their business. That's beautiful.
1: That's That's so interesting. I've never quite... Um, thank you for framing it that way. That's, uh, that's powerful, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, was, it, it was yours, and you were in charge of it. And, and to yeah. see you be not just the purchaser, but also the owner of it, that's cool. Mm. <laughs> that's really cool. That's
1: cool. That's really cool.
0: I don't take that lightly. When we come back, Tracy Ellis Ross's singing voice. I'm Peter Sagal, host of NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. That strange sound you heard on our last show was live people laughing and applauding. Be a part of our next show with real live people on August 26th at Tanglewood. Join us live and you too can finally see what our real live legs look like. Legs. Remember those? Speaking of, you know, the work, this does speak to a larger point that you've made in other interviews in Mm -hmm. which the ways... Black TV and movies and black media is respected by the entertainment industry writ large. You Mm -hmm. said in an interview before that, you know, there are these waves and phases of celebrating black narratives. (laughs) It seems as if we're going to be in a moment now where every studio, every network will want to make a black something. But the question is, how long will those things last?
1: It seems as if, but we don't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It seems as if we should have been doing this all along. Like, yeah. look at our yeah. world, guys. Look at what uh-huh. this looks like. We we've been here. Like. We've been here. We been this here. Is wh- By the way, this is the other thing. Um, I always say in terms of hair, I'm like, we've been beautiful forever. Our hair's yeah. been coming out of our heads like this forever. This is not new. Black girl <laughs> magic might be a new term, but it's it's an old experience. <laughs> like,
0: exactly. We've yeah. been here
1: doing this. Our stories have been interesting. It's the same thing I said um, and what I meant at the, the Golden Globes, like it might be, have been 35 years since a black woman was nominated or won, but it has not been 35 years since a black woman has been the lead in her life. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is not new information. We have been, it's lovely to see yourself in that way, but we've been here being incredible forever, yeah. telling our stories, being our stories, being in our lives, running our lives, doing our lives. So that's not new. Um, you know, and,
0: and, and, and like thinking about how, you know, this stuff is always there. It's just, do you appreciate it yet? Yeah. I'm thinking of what you said before about Girlfriends, one mm-hmm. of my favorite sitcoms. Mm. Y'all were making that show for years and yeah. you couldn't get on late night, <laughs> even though the show no, was incredibly sir. popular.
1: No, sir. It's crazy. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> it, feels, it feels ridiculous and wrong and, yeah. um, and strange to say in, in your own space sort of about yourself. You know, it's easier to say about other people. But, yeah, there's moments when you go, huh? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not joking you. I remember the feedback. I remember it specifically. It was, we love Tracy. Call us when she gets something.
0: You've been doing something. You've been working for
1: a long but, time. But, I mean, I, I was the yeah. lead on a show at at that moment, yeah. a show that yeah. had been on the air. So yeah. it was like, huh, what do you need to get?
0: Yeah. Do you think it's what? better now?
1: It's different. I don't think we're mm-hmm. there, but we can see that we're not there by by what's happening in our country. I feel very encouraged about what is happening right now. It also feels untenable and mm-hmm. destabilizing and mm-hmm. but there are there are real structures in place and systems in place that continue to keep things as they are and they need to change
0: yep yeah <laughs> speaking of things that aren't limiting um your movie
1: yeah
0: it was <laughs> you yes! and the it was you in a, a mo that i hadn't seen before but i was into it you're let singing. Me tell you
1: something. I'm singing. Uh, that 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 was an expression of true unbridled like freedom and joy for me. To yeah. walk through a fear and towards a dream like that mm-hmm. was really spectacular and fun and I love that the movie is a feel good movie. There's no like, you know, bad guy, like I'm the bad yeah. guy of sorts, but I'm also not a bad guy like, you know what I mean? Um yeah. did you know let me tell you something. Sam. Let me tell you something that yeah. I uh, yeah.
0: Tommy,
1: Tommy. Uh, first time uh, recording artist, I uh, was on the charts. I don't know if I'm on the charts now, but I made it to number oh, 20 was the last the last I heard. I was 20 on the charts. What? 20. Number what 20. You? 20. Yeah. I'm Love giving myself. you snaps. Right. You can see That's the right.
0: snaps right there. Yes, 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 yes.
1: I forget when I was younger, it was easy. Hi.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just, like, you made six songs for this
1: movie? You really I did I think it was five. I think it was five. Fun. I did, okay. uh, I, I recorded seven demos, but five completed. Stop. Yeah.
0: Wow. Did uh-huh. they have to sell you on it, or were you like, I'm going to just do this?
1: No, no, I fought for that part. I, I hounded them. Really? I wanted it. Oh, I chased that <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, tell me this story. I love this.
1: <laughs> um, you know, uh, Again, back to Girlfriends, as Girlfriends finished, I thought the Pearly Gates of Hollywood were going to open, and me, this lead actress from a sitcom that had been on there for eight years, was just going to be like, scripts at my door, ready to go, what are the choices, where's my big film, am I going to be in a Marvel movie, what's happening, talk to me, tell me where we're going. And then it was like, hello? Hello? Maybe we don't have my address. Um, Anyway, so... The career continued, and I kept doing the things that I do and being who I am and then blackish came along and you know, we do twenty-four episodes. It's a single-camera show, so we work a good fourteen-hour day. Often, it's eight months oh. out of the year. We're four months off from Blackish, but um, it's—you know—it's you're—it's real busy. It's real busy. It's, it's real all-consuming. Yeah. All um, yeah. You know, this is the joke. You can see me, but the joke of this is what it's like at work. People are like, "I know," but you always sit around. There's so much waiting. I was like, "Not on our show." This is this is me at work. Oh, you need me? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah I'm coming. Oh, yeah, now like you never get to sit down like there's no yeah. it's not like you can like answer an email like it's, it's yeah none of that's yeah. happening
0: you're on call for 14 you're hours. you're on
1: call like. for 14 hours and it's it's moving it's moving it's moving we yeah. only get 30 minutes yeah. for lunch which by the time you get to your trailer is 20 minutes like that's it oh, you know yeah so yeah. and that's not it's not that i'm complaining but i mean it's it's full time yeah. yeah so by the time hiatus comes around like what do you want to spend your time doing do you want to sleep do you wanna see your friends and family that you never uh-huh. get to see? Do you wanna run your business? Do you wanna you know what I mean? Like what do you like my hair business? Like what's happening? So I was waiting yeah. for the right project and I hadn't been offered all these movies. So by the time I got to Blackish, it was like, well now I bet I wanna choose a good one. I don't just wanna do any movie. Yeah. You want to do yeah. a good one. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: when this great script came by, I was like, "This is, I want to do this." Like I've always okay. wanted to sing. It's been, uh, it was a childhood dream that kind of got put on the back burner, consciously, unconsciously, I don't know. It became scarier and scarier the long I, longer I waited. I love the fact that this was a story about no matter the age, the phase, the time of your life, it's never too late to go for your dreams. It's never too late to reinvent. It's never too late to keep becoming more of yourself. I love that message. I love that it was a story about two women and their inner lives and not necessarily them trying to find men and that the story was not about they ride off on the horse with the guy. Mm
0: -hmm. And not fighting over a man either.
1: They weren't fighting over a man. They actually were on parallel paths, both of them, Mm -hmm. fighting up against what the world expects of them and who they want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And those things were really interesting to me. Yeah.
0: Let's give a quick plot synopsis for those who haven't watched it. Y'all should watch it. What's Mm -hmm. the best way to set it up? Um, You play a pop star.
1: I play sort of an iconic music star that's had decades of hits, that's at a point in her career when the world wants her to just kind of coast. Her record company wants her to coast, but she has more that she wants to do. And then her assistant is um, a young girl who is in awe of her icon boss and wants to really be a music producer, but there's so few... Uh, female music producers within the industry, which I did not even realize. And oh, so yeah. she's fighting against this idea that everyone thinks she should be getting them coffee um, mm-hmm. when she really wants to be a producer. And so on parallel paths, the two of them are kind of finding their way.
0: Yeah, yeah. What I found really interesting, and for me the most powerful scene, is when you and Dakota Johnson's uh, character are having somewhat of a fight after that meeting with the execs. It's like in the bathroom.
1: All right, I get it. I know what you're thinking. I'm a sellout. I get it. That was humiliating.
0: You lay out (laughs) um, the ways in which, after a certain time, the machine likes to spit women out.
1: In the history of music, only five women over 40 have ever had a number one hit, and only one of them was black
0: especially black women, and gets over them and gets tired of them.
1: We could pretend that we live in some sort of magical world where, I don't know, let's see, age and race are not a thing.
0: And hearing you give that line in the movie, it was so authentic. But I also thought of all the times in interviews where the first thing they say about you right now is, usually a star of Tracy Ellis Ross's age sees their career decline, but not her. I can't tell you how many articles start that way about you. So stupid. I'm glad they know it, <laughs> but are you tired of that?
1: Are you tired I, of that? I mean, you know what? It's the same thing when people say, like, are you tired of people asking you um, about, you know, are you single do you st- or do you want to be single or whatever? And, and I feel like it's all, each question, each time it comes is an opportunity to expand someone's idea of what the world should be what should be expected of women, of people, of anyone. It's so silly. Everybody has all these ideas, the status quo of, you know, by this age, you're done. By this age, you should be married. By this age, you should have 3.2 kids and a dog and a car in the car park. I mean, like, what is it, 1950? Like, enough already. You know what I mean? I'm like, you should be, guys don't cry and girl. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, it's so, it's so lazy. It's so lazy, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I'm 47 years old and I'm the hottest I've ever been. I'm the most comfortable in my skin I've ever been. I feel the sexiest I've ever felt. I know more than I've ever known. I have a bigger and more compassionate heart than I've ever had. I understand the things I don't know. I'm happy to, to name the limits of my own knowledge. Like, I mean, come on, what, what, what do you want? Yeah. What do you, when we go back to being 22? No, thank you. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, the skin was tighter under my arms, but I didn't know nothing and everything scared the hell out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would way prefer to be holding this. But yeah, we still live in a world where ageism, sexism, racism, they are alive and well. And I'm grateful to have a platform and to be in a position where I can continue to dispel those ridiculous ideas and comfortably state, nah, I'm going to keep reinventing myself. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, look at these people around us. I mean, look at Michelle Obama. Look at my mom. Look at Jennifer Lopez. Look at Sanaa Lathan. Look at Gabrielle Union. Look at uh, what? Like, I mean, the list goes on.
0: Yes. They're Highlanders. They're eternal. They can keep doing this stuff forever. And let them be what they want to be.
1: Seriously. And and why should anybody... Why you get to a certain age and you get to stop dreaming? (sighs) What? What's that about? Preaching, You know, and also, by the way, I've never, you know, I understood how joy was revolutionary. Like people used to always say that. But in this context right now, what we are in right now, I understand how black joy is revolutionary in the Mm. face of racism. I understand Mm. how continuing to dream in the face of racism, in the face of the limitation, in the face of the words like diversity and like all those kinds of things that being your whole self, being your full self, fighting and protesting or pushing and, and being awake can still be held alongside of joy, passion, love, connection, softness, that the fullness of our humanity gets to be all of those things. And we don't, get, we don't have to turn one off in order to make space for another. The same way black people are not a monolithic, yeah, group of people, we're not all the same. I mm-hmm. also, you know, each of us have all these spaces to who we are. And mm-hmm. my job, I feel like my sort of mode of operating in life is walking towards wholeness, not perfection. Perfection is so boring.
0: After the break, Tracy talks about putting black joy on screen and challenging stereotypes. You are playing, you know, this role in the movie, where it is not a stereotypical portrayal of a black woman it is a black woman that we usually see played by like the white Mm. diva. but you get to be the diva, Mm. and you get to be the one in charge and you get to be the one on stage and it's like all of that should be allowed what i see a lot particularly in moments like these a lot of white heads of studios Mm. the only version of us that they want to put on a screen is us in pain and us suffering Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and I appreciate how you've used your career to say, "No, I can be all of these different things, and part of me being on screen and being my full self is also showing that joy,
1: yeah, the joy and the you know it's one of the things that drew me to Bo Johnson on blackish is that she is thriving, yeah. she's not surviving, and I understand yeah. because the experience. The, there is brutality, there is violence, there is oppression, yes. there is suppression, there is, yes. all, there is incarceration, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us need to allow that to become the whole experience. The, that's what we're fighting against. Or our whole or narrative. Our whole narrative. The, the more we get to name and see our experience, our legacy, our history, the reality of our lives, because it is not in textbooks, it's not taught in school, the more we get to own that, see that for others, but also for ourselves, we get to heal because we've had to mm-hmm. decontextualize who we are constantly in everything we do, just constantly mm-hmm. taking it out of context as if we are these lone little islands walking around and as if we're crazy for feeling the way we're feeling and constantly gaslit, as if it's like, no, no, this is yeah. real. Yeah. This is real. And there mm-hmm. is a reason that these feelings erupt. You know, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. God, I'm just I can't stop talking, sorry.
0: No, I love it. This is gold. Keep on. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's
1: really interesting. But yeah,
0: it's like we should be able to get to to be everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to continue to challenge this notion that white viewing audiences might be scared to watch it. No, they're not. They're actually pretty curious.
1: They're really curious. And also, you know, our freedom keeps being um, dismantled and limited because Mm -hmm. of white comfort.
0: Exactly Exactly mm-hmm. And like I spent a life Growing up Watching so much TV And totally inhabiting The stories and lives of, of characters From uh, shows nothing like Cheers like like and that Frasier nothing like you And if I can do that And attach to them So can you White people are the same species yeah. As me They can do yeah. the same in reverse And I
1: always say that About Blackish. It's the story of an American family
0: Yeah I want to dip back into music For a bit dip For it. the movie
1: Dip it Yes Yes <laughs>
0: When did you tell your mom you were doing this? And did you involve her in that process at all? I imagine that adds another level of anxiety.
1: Well, that was the main level of anxiety because I thought people okay. were going to compare me to her and there's no way I could yeah. ever be her, you know. Um, yeah, but I realized yeah. somewhere on the way through that it wasn't my job to be her or anybody but myself and that that's actually what soul is. My job was to actually share my soul. In terms mm-hmm. of my mom and telling her, I remember telling her that I got this movie I had really wanted, but I didn't tell her I was singing in the movie. Not on purpose, I just didn't. Um, I mm-hmm. talked to my mom a hundred times a day, but I somehow, we don't always talk about, business and work stuff i don't know what we're talking i say this all the time i don't know what we talk about all the time Talk about food would you make for dinner can i drop off something yeah. i mean like i don't know we just talk about other things so i didn't tell her that finally after we had recorded enough of the demo tracks and i felt like i was kind of gaining my footing a little bit um mm-hmm. i was like mom i'm ready for you to hear she's like what and i was like the song she was like okay so by then she knew and i picked yeah. her up in my car mm-hmm. Be, listening to music in the car is always great because you're in sort of you know, an enclosed space with speakers. So I picked her up we sat in my car in her driveway <laughs> huh? and um, she sat in the passenger seat and we were holding hands on the, you know, the little thing in between the armrest oh, um, and then she finally, you know, she's got a lot of hair so I couldn't see her face when she was looking forward and then she kind of finally turned to me and her face was covered in tears and she just looked at me and said, finally <laughs> huh? Yeah, we were crying it was crazy.
0: Moms Moms. Moms my mom is one of those oh parents goodness. that really
1: she just allows us our process. She never pushes and and doesn't sort of put her. My mom has lived out her life pretty fully, so she doesn't have to yeah. live in, <laughs> live much out through us. So yeah. um, she just really kind of she's like she's like right here, kind of like what can I do? How can I help? What yeah. can I do? Yeah, yeah. and I then love
0: she it. I love yeah. Put you on there. One of the things the film made me think about was like mm-hmm. it is totally unfair for there not to be already. A T-Murda album? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I think it's really fair that there isn't because I do not come by rap skills and lyricism, honestly, okay? This is a stretch just, and a reach for Tracy Ellis Ross.
0: I like it, though. We should say, so t Murder is your rap alter ego. Yes. Who every now and then pops up in the social media. But mm-hmm. as I was watching the high note, I kept saying to myself, Maybe T-Murda will pop up. Mm
1: -hmm, What mm -hmm. rap
0: song would T-Murda make right now?
1: Oh, my God. That's the thing. T-Murda only does other people's songs. Like, (laughs) T-Murda's never done her own song. Like, I would need to... T-Murda would be... She would be all up over the shade room with people saying that I had ghostwriters. T-Murda has got, like... God, I don't know you know what like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and mm-hmm. um Lil Kim and Foxy Brown they're all my ghostwriters. they're T-Murda's yeah. ghostwriters.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a great album
1: that you know needs what? to be in my like 2021 yeah if that's an album then they should they they don't need T-Murda you know what I mean like they don't need me I need them <laughs>
0: uh-huh 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 well I just had to ask because I like T-Murda I
1: think that's amazing that's yeah. great
0: yeah. On that note, um, this was an honor and a pleasure. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Tracy Ellis Ross. We spoke last year. This episode was produced by Anjali Sastry and edited by Jordana Hokman and Mathoni Maturi. Listeners, we're back in your feeds on Friday. Till then, if you have a houseplant or two or several, talk to them. It's fun. Trust me. All right. Be good to yourselves. We'll talk soon.